I've got the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, Kevin Dana, joining me. And what I'm particularly interested about or interested in hearing from Kevin is his opinion on Jermichael Green. Because he's technically an employee of the Warriors, you could not comment on Jermichael and that signing <laughs> until it was official. Folks, it's official. He's now a, a member of the Golden State Warriors officially. We're going to break his edition down. Uh, I got a soundbite from this NBA player named Mike James uh, where he's talking about Stephen Curry. We got to get into that. Uh, and just the overall NBA landscape, uh, some news to drop. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be an August show, the deadest time of year in the NBA, but we're going to make it fun. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. You can follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors and sometimes Golden State Warriors, among many broadcasting duties at Kevo408. That's K E V O 408. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. How you doing, brother? Been a little while. You've been doing some traveling. And most importantly, again, you couldn't talk about the Jermichael Green news just because it wasn't official until about two days ago. Now that he is an official member of the Golden State Warriors, the floor is yours. Tell me, tell the world your thoughts on Jermichael Green because I know you were excited and couldn't wait to talk about him. Yeah, so I first saw Jermichael Green. I mean, I remember his name at Alabama, but I first saw him as professional rookie year with the Austin Toros at the time. In 12-13 season, solid power forward in the G League. Like, didn't think at all, like, oh, he was close to a call-up or anything. Then he went to France, I believe it was the country he played in 13-14. And then he came back to the Austin Toros, and they were the Spurs at this time. His first year as the Austin Spurs. The team also had Jonathan Simmons, by the way, went on to have, like, a four-year NBA career, played for the Santa Cruz Warriors. I love uh, Got, like, a $30 million contract, I want to say, from the Orlando Magic. Uh, so, like, this – this uh, I'm reading one of the bo- – their starting five for this one game against us also featured uh, Bryce Cotton, who played for a full season in the NBA. Kyle Anderson was on assignment his rookie oh. year with the San Antonio Spurs. And Jamichael Green is like the fourth game of the season. I hadn't seen him in two years, and he murdered Santa Cruz. 27 points, 14 rebounds. I have the box score up. Uh, two assists, two steals, a block on 13 to 22 shooting. Just absolutely just dominated uh, and led Austin to a win. Then we played him like three weeks later. They they were had been on a heater. He had 24, 13, two blocks, three assists, nine of 15 shooting. Hit all six of his free throws. Like this guy was a monster and had like over the course of two, I don't know what happened in France, but he just became just a stud in the G league. And like a, a month later, I think he got called up by, I want to say it, it, I think it was first San Antonio and then Memphis. And then like just stuck in, has stuck in the NBA ever since. And so, I was uh, I was a big fan of Jamichael Green from what I saw him like do to Santa Cruz twice. Just I mean this this Santa Cruz Warriors team 
won the title the, the year that I'm talking about. Jamichael Green yeah. just like, dominated them. Um, so I, I've, I've like he's one of the guys who's like box scores. I I, I traditionally check because I always check up on my former G, G League and stuff. My former G leaguers, I, I have no <laughs> like yours. actual. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah, I have no actual possession or ownership of any of these guys, obviously. <laughs> but um, they, they feel like my kids, who I am too young to have biologically. Uh, um, but yeah, no, Jamichael Green was just just became this force in the G League, and I've really enjoyed watching his career blossom, and. It's a guy that I think will fit in very nice with Golden State, and a, a guy that like I wish I had thought of before as like a potential San a Golden State Warrior. I guess you know, kind of you, you see the trade to Oklahoma City, and yeah, you know, he could have gotten bought out, which is obviously what happened. But like, you, you didn't necessarily think of him as being out there on the market, or at least I didn't. And, and so when I heard the news to Michael Green, I was like, oh hell yeah, nice, like. Kind of caught me off guard, but was very excited about it. Um, so yeah, I'm a. We could talk about Jamichael Green as much as you want, and I I, that, I know that's kind of one of the annoying things. Uh, I, I you know to give the company line like can neither confirm nor deny until uh, you know something is like officially official and a press release and all that. But uh, yeah, uh, so happy it's to talk good, now. Um, yeah, I know it's been what probably like a week or so, or maybe even longer, two weeks since. Uh, I mean, look, it, it, I don't think I think anyone who follows this game or the Warriors or watches this show fully understands the position you're in. I mean, like it's there are rules that the NBA clearly has. I mean, we're now right now, like in the news, for example, the New York Knicks, Knicks are being investigated for tampering. Uh, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are being investigated for tampering. So the last thing I want is for you and your name to be in the news for all the wrong reasons, since you are a part of the Warriors uh, organization. No worries, brother. It's fine. I'm just glad we could talk about it now. And you're right. I look. No one predicted this. Like no. And I think that the biggest reason is it, it, there really was no way of knowing outside of either Jamichael or the Thunder or his agent releasing the information that he was going to be bought out because that was not necessarily widespread information. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a possibility of it clearly. I mean, the Thunder, you know, th there had been some, I guess, some uh, news leaked out that they were considering doing so. That was going to be possibly the plan. But the point is, there's no way. I mean, how could you know that? Um, and then when you heard uh, Jamichael had a press conference two days ago, I want to play some sound from that in just a second. Um, I was dying to know who the other team was. I mean, all indications are he was going to go somewhere else. And then I guess Steve Kerr calls him. Draymond Green calls them. They're 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 you know giving him their best recruiting pitches, and apparently it didn't take that long after that. Um, were, like, were you surprised by by any of it? Like, were you surprised that he was available? Were you surprised that the Warriors got him? Or or when this happened, was it just nothing but elation over the fact that they added a huge uh, bench piece? Yeah, I mean, well, I was prim primarily elated because he had been a longtime G leaguer. Uh, so like when I get excited about like signings like it's like i watched this guy play in the g league for two like my motivations are, are are different from the normal like um i guess basketball fan or even like like hardcore basketball fan who follows guys like maybe even deeper than i do if i just see a former g leaguer and like golden state signs him i'm gonna lose my mind that's just kind of the way it is um 
unless it's like a couple of players who I really don't think are that good. But Golden State hasn't signed any of those guys. And uh, I'm not going to slur their <laughs> names uh, now because they're, they're not in the NBA. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I guess, like, I, I'd be curious to know who that other team was, too. I, I don't know who that other team was. Um, but – what was the first part of your? I, I lost myself in my thoughts. Well, I was just wondering if you if you uh, were just surprised that he was even available because I, I guess that's why his name was never discussed. Is he was not an available free agent, and yeah. there was no official news that he was going to be bought out. So, like, did that part surprise you at all, or were you expecting okay. that? So, like, in hindsight, it shouldn't have surprised me because, like, yes, a thirty-two-year-old on the Oklahoma City Thunder yes. doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense for like what they're trying to do. Now, I always see the value in having veterans, and I am of the belief that I would rather have someone in their late twenties and early thirties than someone in their early twenties, just because, like, for the most part, unless you are looking for foundational pieces. Like most of the guys you're going to have are going to be on your team for like three to five years at the very longest. And th- those are like guys you're in love with. Um, and so like I'd rather have a guy who's closer to his prime or is in his prime than someone who has like a lot of developing to do and might have a lot more upside. I'd rather have the what do you what can you do for me now? Yeah. But um, but obviously Oklahoma City isn't playing that game right now. They're playing the long game. And so like a 32-year-old doesn't really kind of fit in with Eaton, regardless of how good Jamichael Green may be this season. They want to look at these young uh, these young cats, you know. So, um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me now. I wasn't exactly thinking of that in the moment, just because thinking out, okay, well, uh, who's still available on the market? And when you see like free agents. Michael Green wasn't a free agent. Like he was actually on the Thunder. And so, like, that's easy I to miss. Think. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. totally with you, man. The moment it happened, I was like, damn. Like, I just, so I just, it was such an obvious thing. Right. But it was just one of those at the same time that when you're doing your research, his name's not going to be there because the buyout market is entirely predictive. Like, for example, Patrick Beverly probably going to get bought out at some point. But you never know. They might just end up keeping them. And so as a result, you can do all the research in the world you want. But people are not writing speculative lists on uh, who's probably going to get bought out. At least those aren't common articles to find. And so it made the research difficult. By the way, uh, with every show I do, I try to look into the camera like a professional broadcaster, right? Um, And when we were talking before we started recording... I'm just setting things up. I normally like look at you. I had no idea until just a moment ago you got a haircut. Nice look, bro. Like oh, you got the buzz. Yes. My 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 man that do cuts on Instagram. He, he's like my friend from elementary school. He he has cut up to a Tagovailoa before the national championship game that was played at Levi's Stadium. So he used to cut up the Oakland Raiders when they were the Oakland Raiders. They actually flew him out to Las Vegas for a little bit. So shout out do cuts on Instagram. D U underscore C U T S. Uh, for anyone who's looking for a haircut, he cuts out of Santa Clara, this uh, this nail salon there. Oh, you're funny. Or you could just do what I do, which is cut my own hair. Yeah, so that's what I did for two years <laughs> from, like, March 2020 to, like, Saturday. And then I, and Saturday I was like, you know what? Screw it. I want, like, a, a real haircut. So, <laughs> yeah. It looks good, man. It looks very good. Hey, thank you. Thank you. When we come back, um, we're going to play some sound from Jermichael Green. 
Uh, I want to know your thoughts on on now that he's officially a member. I could ask you, what are you going to expect from him? I mean, what like like where is he going to be in the rotation? How many minutes you think he's going to play? This is all speculative based on your opinion, but again, your observation skills are phenomenal. I trust a lot of what you say, and so when we come back, we're going to do that. Um, I'm going to apparently I tweeted something that was an entirely a joke, and it's kind of both making me laugh and kind of freaking me out a little bit that people can believe what I, I wrote to be fact. Um, I'll, I'll tell, tell you all about it in just a second. First, we got to talk about betonline.net. They're your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. It's all there. Uh, and, and by the way, the, the Warriors right now are still second behind uh, the Boston Celtics in terms of being the favorites to add Kevin Durant. Uh, I want to add this qu quick side note real quick in the middle of this read. Um, Kevin Durant, breaking news, uh, is going to meet with the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, there's no additional information in, you know, in terms of what they're going to talk about, if there's any progress, because trade talks have stalled. And one important thing I read in the report is that um, other teams are backing away from the Nets because apparently every time there's a negotiation, it gets leaked to the public. And you're seeing teams start to freak out a little bit. A, a case, case in point, the Boston Celtics, they now have um, a player, a star player in Jalen Brown, who's pissed at him because the news is out there that the Celtics supposedly were sh are shopping him and proposing trades with him. Um, so teams are now backing off the Nets. Their trade demands were outrageous to begin with. Um, any thoughts on Kevin Durant, Kevin? Like, do you think he's going to get traded or do you think he's going to stay in Brooklyn? I mean, I thought when he asked for the trade in July that I thought it was going to be imminent. Now I kind of lean towards he's starting the season with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, still's got four years left on that contract. And Kevin Durant doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to sit out. Just for no. the sake of it. And he's definitely not going to sit out four years. Uh, so I think he plays the start of the season. Uh, that would be my guess. Since yeah. I mean, when did that trade demand come in? Like at the start of free agency, which was what, June 30th? It's been a month. So yeah. been it it was month. like right around the beginning of July. So, yeah, it's been a month now. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. almost positive what happened is this, is that he signs this, this contract extension. He expects Kyrie to have um, equal respectable treatment. And the team tells Kyrie, like, we're not interested in you anymore. And and Kevin's like, F this. Like, everything you promised me is now out the door. Um, you bring this Ben Simmons guy. I don't know what the hell we're going to get with him. And I, this, this stinks. But you're right. He's, dude, he, he's locked into a four-year deal. He has no leverage. Yeah. It's crazy. Because the Nets are not going to just let him out of his deal. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to trade him for anything less than they want. Their expectations are outrageous. But – um, the point to all that is you can bet on it. Just go to Bet Online, uh, the, the, the top online resource for your sports wagering information. You can bet on where you think Kevin Durant is going to go next. Just, just one of the many things you can bet on. Uh, bet Online, it's where the game starts. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo. 408 still waiting on that blue check mark and another 20,000 followers you do deserve both of those I'm a little surprised that you don't have that yet it's just I think it's a matter of uh when not if um so here's a sound from Jermichael Green the new member of the Golden State Warriors he's going to be uh undoubtedly their backup uh stretch four is the is a position I keep hearing although like he even said I don't know if it's in this clip specifically but he did say that he is comfortable playing uh powerful I'm sorry uh backup center um, and anyways, here is Jermichael Green at his presser. Who, who did you talk to as you guys went through the process of signing? And I guess, how did you ultimately come to the decision that you wanted to play here? Um, honestly, I, ain't, I didn't see myself being here first. Uh, I was getting ready to go somewhere else. And I was in Jamaica. And I ended up getting a call from Steve Kerr. So um, <clears throat> after talking to him, man, I just couldn't tell him no, you know, uh, with the organization and what they built over here, you know, uh, just, just felt that I, I love to be a part of it. Can you shed a, or hi, Kendra Andrews, How ESPN. Can you shed a little bit more light just on that situation and, and the, the change of heart, what Steve may have said that you say, yeah, I have to come play for you? Man, uh, just told me, uh, no, they were interested that they wanted me here. They wanted me to be a part of the program. And, you know, I got on the phone with Draymond and we talked for a good minute and, and we've been knowing each other since eighth grade. So, uh, no, it, it wasn't a hard decision. Um, I feel like you come here and handle business. You, know, uh, you can set yourself up for life. So, just uh, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, he saw those paydays. Gary Payton, the second God. He saw Otto Porter Jr. see his career rejuvenated. Great things happen when you play for the dynasty that has the Golden State Warriors. Um, I didn't know him and Draymond knew each other when they played back when. Did you know yeah. that? Were you familiar with that? I didn't know that. I mean, they're the same age, so it makes sense. I mean, well, I yeah. guess, yeah, but I, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. So what do you expect, man? I mean, I, I see him playing. There were other attributions of that press conference. He he alluded to, you know, being ready to, to play like, you know, that that to bring that tough dog mentality in the inside. He talked about playing a small ball center if need be. Um, you know, I could see him playing a wide variety of roles. I, I think in a lot of ways he might even be a step up from Otto Porter Jr. Maybe that's a bold statement to say, but I see him being a more stronger inside presence, a uh, slightly stronger rebounder. Um, his three-point shooting is very comparable. If you take away last year, he also mentioned that he had a wrist injury, uh, which contributed to his shooting numbers going down last year. Um, yeah, man, what, what role do you see uh, Jermichael Green playing this upcoming season for the Warriors? So I think Jamichael Green is going to be huge for the games in which like Draymond or Looney or Wiseman don't play. I mean, maybe, you know, Looney plays 82 again. He showed he could do that. But like it, it I think it's reasonable to expect that even if Draymond is healthy all year and Wiseman's healthy all year and Looney's healthy all year, like those guys aren't going to play all 82 games like the like the chances of all three of those playing all 82 and especially with like Draymond having been on rest days last year before the back injury like I think that's where he's gonna really come in and show his value to this team because I, I was just kind of doing the math in my head if you if you saw me looking off camera when you were talking about to Michael Green I was just kind of 
pouring, putting down numbers. And the number is 240, right? You have 240 minutes to fill on the court, 48 times five. And so if everyone's healthy, like you think kind of through your top five and Jordan Poole, that's like 175 minutes there. Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, Looney, and, and Poole. Then like you have another 65 minutes and you still have DiVincenzo, Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman. Like, all right, those if everyone's healthy, those guys are going to get the bulk of those minutes. There wouldn't be a whole lot of minutes left over for Jamichael Green in like a full squad kind of like day. Jamichael might not play a ton. He could get you 10 to 12 minutes maybe, I think, and get days like that. I think he is a rotation player with all 11 for sure. But I think where his value is really going to show is when the Warriors are down a couple of guys for injuries mm-hmm. and rest days. I think that's when he could like really – I think he's going to really contribute to being like an 82-game player. Talk about 82-game players and 16-win players, the, the the quote that Draymond had. And maybe, you know, maybe 82-game player was like not as valuable as a 16-win player. But I think like Jamichael will have a lot of value in the 82-game regular season eating up minutes and, you know, being able to play – of multitude of roles because he is so versatile, like on, mm-hmm. on, you know, defensively, you know, he could guard three through five or whatever, and he could step out and shoot it. Um, I think that does kind of give Golden State like a lot of value to get you through the grind of an 82 game regular season. I think he could certainly have a playoff role as well. Um, but yeah, I think it makes Golden State their one through 11 really, really solid. I, I agree, dude. I wholeheartedly agree. Again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this edition, and um, I could. You're absolutely right, because because realistically, <clears throat> I don't envision the Warriors playing Steph, Dre, Clay, maybe even Wiggins um, ba- on back to backs consistently. Maybe yeah. not at all this year. And so you're going to stagger those things, right? Especially in a road trip where you might have Steph play one game, Clay play another game. You might have Dre play one game, Wiggins play another game. And then you could also see that kind of uh, uh, splitting up of the minutes and, and and time and, you know, your rotation position with Looney, Wiseman, and, and Jermichael Green. So, and I just love the fact he still spaces the floor. You know, when he's not out there, he's not clogging things up. People are not going to leave him alone out there beyond the arc. Um, his defense is sound. I mean, he's a strong dude. I, I remember I, my memories of him are mostly from his days playing um, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I, yeah. And the Warriors would have some battles because uh, he was playing small forward alongside Zach Randolph and Marcus All. And um, yeah, man, I it's just I'm just stoked he's on the team. Is any final thoughts before we move on from Jamal Green? Yeah, I mean, like that one one year with Memphis, he was like ten and a half and eight and a half, just about like points and rebounds yes. per game. And also, he, I mean, he's been, like, pretty available for his career. Like, I mean, he hasn't played 82 in any year, but 78, 77, that 17, 18 year, he did play, like, two-thirds of the season. But then outside of that, he's played, you know, more than three-quarters of available regular season games. And he played in even, – even with a wrist injury last year, he played in 67 of 82 for Denver. So, like, he's a pretty available guy, which – I, I think, you know, again, to your point, Cyrus, if you're going to try to, you know, I mean, maybe nurse isn't the right word, but like, you know, kind of manage the regular season with with your core guys who are in their early to now mid 30s with, with Stephen Curry, you know, at, at 34. 
I, I think, you know, in some aspect, his to borrow a monster sports cliche, his best ability could be availability. <laughs> well, no, but durability, you're right. I, I really yeah. think uh, that monster trade that the Minnesota Timberwolves did to acquire Rudy Gobert, which was a, an abysmal trade, one of the worst trades I've ever seen in the history of the game, in my humble opinion. But I feel like the one thing Rudy Gobert gives you, which a lot of bigs don't, is durability. And, and going, going, playing off the availability yeah. word, it, 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 that's not a very common thing. So when you find a big who's who's consistently playing for you, that's a huge plus. Um, so you're right. And here's another thing I see about Jamal Green. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Is he's also a bit of an insurance policy in the postseason if Wiseman or Kaminga don't seem that ready to handle the load yet. You know, for in terms of playing important minutes for the Warriors to repeat as world champions. If they're not ready, because, again, uh, Kaminga is going to be uh, 20 years old when the postseason rolls around next year. Uh, Wiseman will just have turned 22. You know, these are kids still. So, and, you know, you're going to be counting on them for really important minutes as you're pushing for a repeat world championship. Um, yeah. And I think Jermichael, in case either of those guys aren't quite ready, can step in and help in that regard. Is that something you see as well, or do you think I'm totally – No, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a solid point for sure because, I mean – you know, Kaminga might have gone through a postseason grind, but next year he's still going to be 20 in the playoffs, right? So he's still going to be incredibly young, and this will be Wiseman's yes. first postseason, assuming, A, the Warriors make the playoffs, and B, Wiseman is healthy, uh, which, you know, I'm willing to make both of those assumptions. Like, Jermichael Green, like, he has proven he's been good against the Warriors in the playoffs, right? Like, uh, yep. he didn't have a great – postseason against them this last year but you know you go back to that series against the Clippers when he shot 52 percent from three against them and the average 11 points and five rebounds in 24 minutes a game uh you know as, as kind of a part-time starter in that series like he's proven and, and you know in the press conference and in you know the press clippings they've talked about that series that he had against Golden State when he was with uh, that eight-seeded Clippers team that got a couple more games than I think people expected them to get. Yeah, The Warriors blew a 31-point lead in game two. That I was actually doing stats for Clippers radio, and uh, I will say it was really interesting to listen to on Clippers radio, listening to that comeback there uh, at Oracle. But um, the great Brian Seaman, now their TV voice. Um, oh. But, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I do think he does kind of, He's another guy to go to who has been through. I mean, what he is every year he has been in the NBA, he has made the playoffs. I, 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 oh no, besides the 17 18 season, which okay. I, I don't know if like the, if he was either hurt or the Grizzlies didn't make it this year. I, my memory doesn't go back that far. Um, but so seven of the eight years he's been in the NBA, he has been in the playoffs and he has 49 playoff games. He's made five starts, 17 minutes a game. So, like, he has significant playoff experience. Yeah, welcome to the Golden State Warriors, the defending world champion, Golden State Warriors, Jermichael Green. And speaking of the uh, uh, the assumption you made right there, which is a perfect segue, a great transition to what I'm going to show you here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to be able to see it. I'll, I'll read it out loud for those listening on the podcast. I tweeted something yesterday. This was immediately following the press conference of Jermichael Green, or two days ago, whatever it was. Um totally joking man this was about me being as as glib as farcical as possible i wrote so, 
sources when Jamichael oh, Green I saw arrived. This tweet. <laughs> Yes. yes. Sources. When Jermichael Green arrived for his introductory press conference, the Warriors measured his ring size to plan ahead for the team repeating as world champions. Like, <laughs> I thought that was an obvious joke, man. I mean, I, I really thought that people would see that immediately as the, for just the ridiculousness that it is. People are, are, are taking this running with it as a fact. Folks, teams don't do this. All right. I can understand the Warriors maybe being a little cocky. There might be some arrogance with the defending world champions. No one is measuring ring sizes for next year's world championship. Please don't believe those things. Um, I'm, I'm, my lesson is I'm never writing anything with the word sources in it again as a joke, regardless of how ludicrous the content actually is. <laughs> you didn't believe that, did you? Please tell me you didn't buy that. I saw the tweet. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> then I'm like, I, I, he might be joking. I don't know, but I, I should, I should have known that. Like, uh, my, my brain is, is not exactly in work mode right now. Is it that but, believable that a team would do that, to you, Kevin? I mean, no, I mean, like, they, like, if I had seriously like poured over the tweet, I would have been like, wait, no. When I got <laughs> measured for a ring, which I did for the 2015 G League champion Santa Cruz Warriors. Hey now. It came after the season. Yes. Uh, and, and we had like a really good team on paper coming back the next year. And I told everyone we were going to go 40 and 10. Uh, <laughs> like I did not get pitted for a ring preseason. By the way, that team went 19 and 31. So, oh, uh, ouch. I, it was like one of the worst predictions I've ever made. Besides, we <laughs> beating Germany in, in the 2014 World Cup semifinals. Um, but, but anyway. I am sorry that for the people that bought into that, uh, I did not mean to mislead. I thought that was a, a harmless joke. It, it probably hopefully still is harmless, but um, no, the Warriors would not do that, folks. I, that was just me being a cocky ass, apparently. Um, but uh, I did get a laugh out of it. I hope other people did, too. I want to play one more soundbite, uh, <laughs> Kevin. Um, yes. This is a player who – did he play for the Nets last year? I'm talking about an individual named Mike James. Uh, oh, did, I, I – Let's play the soundbite, then I'll give you my my Mike James like uh, love it. What I know about right. him. So Mike James either played for the Nets last year or the year before. Uh, relative journeyman, I think he's only played in the NBA a total of two years. Um, he was on this podcast. I don't know what it is. It's called player. It's called Player's Choice. I mean, this clip came from like TikTok. I don't know, dude. I'm this is my clear evidence that I'm getting old, man. I might someday try out tiktok just because everyone uses it but i also feel like the best parts of it are just screen captured and republished on other platforms so i don't think i'm missing much but uh this was mike jan on a show called player's choice and the discussion uh, turned to stephen curry and where mike james thinks stephen curry should rank among all the individual players in the NBA currently. So here's what Mike James had to say. What? What you got to say? You got a problem with my five, man? I, I don't have any problem with your five, but I can see why KD would have a problem with your five. We, I think we had a problem on positions, because I think that was his five, too. I don't really remember this, so I don't want to misquote him. It just blows my mind Steph isn't top five for anybody. Is it because of age or just like? I do my top five off of like, obviously you got to perform and kill and all that. That's number one but then like i gotta look at your game and just how you do it and steph like how he plays and how he gets stuff off just it's just kind of one-dimensional at times if that makes sense like from what steve Kerr draws up yeah basically like he's just not he's not the primary ball handler a lot 
Right. And for a point guard, that kind of bothers me. But he does score off the dribbles. So, I mean, he's a superstar. So this is like, I mean, when you're picking your top five, you kind of just picking it. You drawing the straws at this point. Like you just kind of nitpicking. I think those other five can do whatever they want to do on any team in the world right now. If we put Luca, Embiid, Bron, KD, and Giannis on any team in the world, they're going to be who they are right there as soon as you put him in there. He's still going to kill. He's still going to be Steph, but I just don't – I think he maximizes him system. at that at that team, which is yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can maximize yourself at a team, and that could be your role. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But So you, you know feel like I mean? he benefits a lot from his teammates and that system. Yeah, I feel like the, everybody benefits – like, they benefit from him. He benefits from everybody else. I think <laughs> that that system is just kind of beneficial. But I feel like – There's nothing wrong him, with that. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with like, that. It just is what it you, is. If you put him in – in Minnesota, he was still killed, but he just wouldn't. I just don't know if it would be the same, you know, right. without Draymond being Draymond, without Clay being Clay. I just don't think. It, I don't know if it would be the same mixture. Would you like to see that for him? Like, kind of branch off be, and like really stamp his le- like. I guess you can call it like legacy. Like really like show that he is that guy, even without all of the supporting cast and the system and the coaching and everything like that. To be honest, no, I'm fine with him being there. I like him being there. That's cool for me. I think he enjoys it. He looks good there. He kills. I wouldn't leave. Why? As funny as it sounds, he probably is a top 10 player all time or close to it, but I just don't think he's top five in the league. I, I, I want to, I, I, what? Your thoughts? <laughs> so, A, I think Steph Curry is a top five player in the NBA right now. Uh, he Easily. was just named finals MVP. Easily. Um, and yes. he's, so so I, I think that constitutes being top five in the NBA. Um, like, and it wasn't a series against a team that like didn't have potential, like, you know, all-stars or whatever. He was going up against, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the Warriors had a lot of good players. So uh, this isn't just like, well, there wasn't, who else are you going to give it to? Like kind of like finals MVP kind of thing. Um, so A, he is top five. B, I guess uh, Mike James's top 10 is very like, uh, would be more slanted towards active players. If he's not in his top five, but he's a top 10 player all time. Like I guess his top five would be those five guys he mentioned, his top 10 all time, Steph Curry. And then like, Le, um, you know Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and well, let, well, let me, let me yeah, it, the, the, jo, yeah Joel Embiid is not top ten yet. I look yeah. let, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Just just a just because I'm trying to follow follow the logic of this. You're right. How could Steph be? Steph is still in the prime of his career. So how could he be a top ten all, top ten all time player, but not currently top five? That just makes absolutely no sense. But let's take a step back. Is Stephen Curry one dimensional to you? Because that was his. Prime, one of his main critiques for why Steph is not a top five player. In your opinion, well, is he one dimensional? Well, no, he kind of caught, I mean, and I I do have a big like Mike James thing that I want to get into after we kind of parse his argument. He did kind of contradict himself. He said he plays off the ball a lot, but then he said he scores off the dribble, which makes him yes. a superstar. So he does both. So like by his own logic, he is not one dimensional. He can score off. He can score off the dribble. He could score without the ball. Uh, he's one of the best movers without the ball. He's also one of the best ball handlers in the NBA. Uh, he gets to the rim at will, and he makes a lot of threes. So 
Uh, and he's also very good, you know, mid-range pull-up jump shooter, which he doesn't use as much, but we've seen him be very lethal with it. Uh, so that sounds to me like a three-level score, and he, yeah, he's coming off his best defensive year. So I just talked about four different dimensions there, I believe. Well, let me let me let me uh, ask let me maybe ask a question that could provide more clarity for why Mike James, in my opinion, is inc- is so off here. Um, and and I, I read somewhere else too, by the way, because the clip I played was edited. Supposedly, yeah. in the unedited version, Mike James referenced that his top maybe it was in here, but I don't know. But he said that his top five is the same as Kevin Durant's top five. And that they had yeah. spoken about it, which indicates a that Kevin Durant puts himself in the top five. No, no narcissism there at all, or or, or over. I would put Kevin Durant in the top five too. <laughs> but I do think but what he said, but what's interesting is if that's Kevin Durant's top five, that also means Kevin Durant doesn't think Stephen Curry belongs in the top five, which is a whole other discussion. But let me ask you this: Is Stephen Curry does he have any weaknesses to his game? I mean. Not that I can think of. He rebounds the hell out of a ball for a guard. He obviously yes. assists it very well. He's gotten a lot yes. better uh, on defense as his career has uh, grown, and he's the best shooter in the history of the NBA. So uh, uh, there's none that come to my mind. So if, if exactly. I, I obviously share the exact same sentiments, and maybe we're a little biased here, but I don't think I, I don't think we are. I think you can you can like someone while simultaneously being objective. So if he ha- he has no weaknesses, and 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 to hear. To hear him criticize that, I think his argument ultimately was that if you just had a, a team of scrubs, right? If you have, like, let's say there's four four players on a team and they're average at best, probably awful. And then the fifth player was either Steph or Durant or LeBron, Giannis, Luka, uh, Joel Embiid. These are the five that Mike James listed that were not Steph. Uh, his argument, I believe, is that those other five players will carry their team further than Stephen Curry would. Um, Stephen Curry in his career has had, what, like one bad season when, when he's actually been playing significant minutes, and that was 2021. And I don't even think that's a bad season because they still finished six games above 500 in a very tough Western Conference. He was second he in MVP a- voting that year. Barely. And I really – I still stand firm on, on – I, I'm – on the argument that he should have won a VP. I'm still really pissed about that, but uh, yeah, yeah. Six games above 500. Um, you know, they were the eighth best team in the Western conference before the play in tournament started. If they were in the East, they would have been easily in the playoffs. I don't think they would even have to have played in the play. in if they were in the East that year, don't quote me on that, but I think that's true. And, the, and they had, I mean, look, the starting lineup had Kent Bazemore who still can't find a home just two years later. Uh, Brad Wanamaker was playing very significant minutes. I, I could go on and on about that roster. Andrew Wiggins was not the Andrew Wiggins of now. Um, so he basically just had Draymond Wiggins and a whole bunch of Juan Toscano Andersons on his team, basically. And and I, and, and they still finished six games above 500. Uh, I, you put Kevin Durant on that Warriors team in 2021, they're not doing as good. I, I firmly believe that. I think if you put LeBron James on that 2021 team, maybe they're just as good. And you could go down the list, and the point is, it is ludicrous to say that Stephen Curry is under the top five. I'm hogging this mic, man. Well, what are your thoughts? Please add on to that if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have anything more to add to like the to you know to kind of you know go into his argument. Um, 
if what we about Mike James himself? Argument, I do want to talk about Mike James. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Okay. People might look at his NBA resume and say that, oh, this guy, what the hell is he talking about? He's played, what, 36 games in the NBA over two years, I, th- I think it is. I just looked this up. Uh, 49 games in the NBA over two years. Oh, this guy's not an NBA player. Trust me, if Mike James wanted to play in the NBA right now, he'd play in the NBA. He is really, really, really good. He is like a EuroLeague assassin. This guy, like, he turned down NBA – he's turned down NBA money at least once and I think multiple times because he can make more money overseas. Like, he essentially got out of a two-way contract a couple of years ago with either Phoenix or New Orleans because, like – like his two, his 45 days ended with Phoenix. And instead of like, and he averaged like 10 points per game. Uh, it wasn't a good Phoenix team, but like he, he, he was putting up like legit rotation. He's averaging 10.4 points in 21 minutes a game, but to go along with like almost four assists and three rebounds, really solid numbers. And like, did I, they didn't offer him a full roster spot. And so instead of going to the G League, he just went back. I believe that year he went overseas again. Uh, let me uh, double check this argument. Yeah, I mean, because he ended up, he ended up playing in Greece, and I think he came back to New Orleans. But like this guy, like this guy this year in Euroleague averaged 16 points per game. No one averages 16 points per game in Euroleague. Like you have to be a god to do that kind of stuff. Why? And it, and he's not doing it like he. I mean, he's doing it for like one of the top leagues in France. Uh, for, I mean, not one of the top league, one of the top teams in France, which I mean, it's it's not like he's also playing for like an ACB team either, like in Spain. So like, I I don't know how good AS Monaco did in Euroleague this year, the team he played for, but like for him to be putting up the numbers he did, he also averaged five and a half assists. Like these games are like first to eighty wins basically, and he's scoring more than sixteen a game in them. Like this guy is a G. Like he is so good, he is so so good, and so like people might like discredit his argument. Like, oh, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Like you and I disagree with him, and I think a lot of people disagree with his argument. And I like I I, I like vehemently disagree with his argument. But this guy, it's not like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like this guy knows what he's talking. This guy is, I mean. He's a pretty ball. I can see why he said that about uh, Steph, like about like uh, how he kind of played down his, uh, you know, playing off the ball because like Mike James is one of the most ball dominant dudes out there. He's damn good at it. Also great. If you want to see a great like post game press conference, a coach ripping his guys, look at Pat Knight this Bobby Knight's son. But he's the okay. head coach of Lamar. He basically like intimates, he's like throwing all of his players under the bus. And he's saying, like, he basically like intimates his guys who are like smoking dope and like just being bad dudes. And like he he starts this tirade right after Mike James like gets off the mic. It's oh. and, and he's like kind of calling Mike James out in it too, if I believe. I'm not saying oh. that he's I'm not saying that Pat Knight said, Oh, Mike James is smoking dope and being a bad teammate, but I think he was like trying to light a fire under like Mike James, like 
after that, like, led Lamar on this tear and they made the NCAA tournament. Like, I think they went undefeated through the regular season after. But it's an incredible – he's like, oh, you know, it's not just the – it's drugs. It's like – he's uh, – like, he eviscerates, like, a bunch of 18- to 22-year-old kids. And just like I mean, Just like Yeah, it was – like, <laughs> do yourself a favor and watch that press conference. It, it It's like – it's – Man, it's something else to see. So that that's what I have to say about Mike James. He is like one of the best players in Europe. And like if you ask people like, hey, who's a guy in Europe who could play in the NBA right now? I've heard the name Mike James come up because the guy is like he I mean, he's got to be making at least two to three million dollars a year overseas. Interesting. And we now yeah. know he's a he's a one of these reefer smoking dope fiends. No. <laughs> so no respect for that. Shame on you, Mike James. How dare you touch that stuff? It's so bad for you. It makes you such a horrible person in our clean society that we strive for. How dare anyone smoke marijuana? It's the devil's drug. It's so horrible. Cyrus is joking, folks. I'm, I'm joking again. Clearly, it's my jokes. Of course, Cyrus is joking. No, I obviously, I obviously am joking. My honest philosophy on anything in life is it's moderation is key. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, that yeah, so so yeah, so that's Mike James. And again, this is Stephen Curry, a player who, in my opinion, has the second best handles in the entire league. I'll, that's one thing I'll give Kyrie Irving respect for. The man has some incredible handles, but Stephen Curry is right behind him. Greatest shooter the game's ever seen. He's put on enough muscle where he can create his own shot now with ease. I do agree with Draymond Green's sentiments. He said that about a month or so ago, uh, talking about um, just how Stephen Curry has changed as a player. Uh, and, and that added strength has helped him defensively. You're right. The rebounding numbers are always so solid. The dude, on average, grabs six boards a game for, for a player his size. That's I don't think you can just scoff at that. That's really impressive. Um, he, he does handle the ball routinely, contrary to what Mike James said. Um, he can also play off the ball. Uh, he can certainly create his own shot. Um, you know, he's as good of a penetrator as anyone. Uh, I, it's just it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. I feel like the only thing that all, that consistently goes against Stephen Curry is his size. That and, and, you know, if Stephen Curry had just three more inches on him, he and Michael Jordan would be the two best players this game's ever seen. I so confidently believe in that um but he's you know six two six three with shoes on and so he has to deal with those limitations and people just judge him for that it's crazy i, I, don't, I don't let me ask you this do you think with all going with all of the stuff going on is and i know we've been talking for a long time i'm sorry man we'll, we'll go in just a second here uh is kevin durant to you an overrated player at this point the reason why i say no. that no just hands down no no Okay. All right. There you go. Guys, and it's monster. <laughs> he is a monster. That's why. Well, do you think he's overrated? I, I a little bit, just because I the way I, I see people talk about how he's like, you know, give between what the Nets are asking for in trades, between people like Stephen A. Smith and a lot of people like pundits across the country call him still the best player in the NBA. I do not think he deserves that title. Giannis deserves it much more than him. And the fact that, you know, he he had the opportunity to to have his own team. He's a leader of this team. And, you know, they got swept. He had Kyrie with him right there. I know that team is thin and is sorely lacking defensively, but they got swept. They got their asses kicked in the first round of the playoffs last year. If he's that good, you know, and he had Kyrie Irving next to him, who was either Kyrie's also really overrated 
He also had Seth Curry. He had some talent on that team. So I don't know, man. Maybe uh, a little bit. A little bit. To, to, what do you think? to play devil's advocate here, because uh, it's what I content. like to do, Cyrus. I yes. like to do the, the <laughs> devil on your shoulder. Uh, it was like one of the closest sweeps in NBA history. Like I think they Fair. lost the four games by a combined like eleven points or Fair. so. I don't. Know, but yes. like in the first game, they lost on a buzzer beater. They win that game, maybe something else uh, turn it turns that series. I, I do remember Malika Andrews actually saying on NBA Today after Game One, she was afraid that that series could turn into a sweep, and people were saying it's like going to be like this monster series. She turned out to be right. Uh, yeah. But um, so yeah, kudos to Malika for that. Um, Oakland zone, baby. Yeah, indeed. Um, I, there's one other thing we got to touch on. Yeah. Real quick. Are you done? I'm sorry. Unless I don't want to cut you no, off. No, I'm trying. I I swear I had something else to say about Kevin. Well, Durant, we're just talking but... about Durant, and, and and just to add to that, if you remember what you're going to say, added. But I just want to add. I want to add this real quick. It is fascinating to me that the the trajectory of our this great game's history. Um, could have splintered into so many different directions. Jason just single plays where inches were the difference. Like take Robert Ori's multiple game winners, right? He misses any of those shots. History has changed forever. And I think of that because of Kevin Durant's toe being like this yeah. much. If you're watching on YouTube, it's like this much on the line. And if his toe was not on that line when he made that shot against the Bucks two years ago, the Nets, I don't know if they win the championship, but they sure as hell had a much better, you know, they were they would have been the favorites. They would have, probably beating the Suns in the finals. And the discussion is night and day different. So yeah. it, it's just crazy. I don't know. I'm just going off on a tangent here, just thinking about how the most minuscule yeah. of plays makes the huge differences. And Kevin Durant, you're right. Could be, we could be talking about him being a three-time champion. He led the – just because but just because of a couple of inches, man. Maybe even an inch. Like, inches. Yeah. crazy. No, nah, yeah, that, that, that was crazy. Do sure. you remember what you were going to say or uh, – no, I, I just think, like, that – I was just going to say that that team was, like, severely limited the Nets this year. Like, Joe Harris wasn't playing. Ben Simmons obviously didn't play. Yeah, the whole, you know, the James Harden-Ben Simmons trade. Uh, and, yeah, Kyrie was there, but he played, like, 20-something regular season games because of his choice to, to not get vaccinated. And, and so, like – it was just it was like they were like just a, a drama road show all season long. Like they had zero continuity and they were playing against like a team that was like the hottest in the league for the last three months of the time they True. played him. So like I mean they, they lost game one on buzzer beater. Game two they blew a 17 point lead and then they were just kind of like scrappy underdogs in game three and four. And like Blake Griffin like played his heart out in those games, I remember, right. but like um still a free agent by the way interesting yeah still up. still free agent interesting yeah. uh the year you 14 guys like out there. <laughs> yeah yeah like so uh so yeah that's uh yeah i think that was my only other pushback like on uh like i don't think like it's kevin Durant's fault that they got swept by the celtics i i feel you i just I do put a lot of weight on if you are the alpha of the team and you're 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 the leader. You're the guy that ultimately all the either the credit or the blame falls on your shoulders. Um, because Steph's in, endured that a lot in his career, you know. And I do feel like Durant should also shoulder some of that. I mean, Durant's blown a three-one lead as well, you know, in, in in the Western Conference Finals. He's I don't know, but whatever. Uh, I don't mean to hate on Durant. I just, but I do. It's just the more I hear about him, and lately it's just been just this. I feel like it's just this unadulterated 
praised uh, directed toward him. Like, and I'm just kind of like, let's take a step back here a little bit. He is a phenomenal player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. But, um, you know, it, I don't know. I guess I have a hard time giving players a lot of love when if you take away a few inches from their height, like if that would severely impact their game. And I and I feel like with a guy like Kevin Durant, if he's 6'8 instead of 6'11, I don't know if he's as good of a player. If he's still a Hall of Fame type player, might be. Uh, LeBron James, if he's 6'5 instead of 6'8. Probably a Hall of Famer, but nowhere near the discussion of like a top 10 all-time type stature, you know? Um, but if Michael Jordan is 6'3", I think he's still like kicking, you know what? I don't know. He might not be the greatest ever, but still might be like top five. Uh, he would be like Stephen Curry, I think, in a lot of ways. I don't know. So I guess that's when I come to judge, when it comes to judging players and analyzing players, I like this to, I respect skill sets. You know what I'm saying? Like like players who actually have to work their ass off to to get a, get a bucket. And guys like Durant, he's I mean he's seven feet tall, and and it's, I'm impressed by the by the ball handling and all that. But um, you know, I just whatever, man. I'm, I'm just yeah, Kevin Durant has a monster skill set, Cyrus. Let's, he does. He does. All I'm saying is, is it really that good? Like, is his ball, is his ball handling really that amazing, or is it because he's six eleven that we're just like, whoa, a seven footer can bring the ball up the court? You know. Um, well, how, how many how many how many people his size in 2006 when he was at Texas was doing the kind of stuff he was doing? None. So none, exactly. You but go. you just kind of played into my my whole point, which is his size is what why people give him so much love. I just um, for his size, you're right. He's phenomenal. I haven't on this show, by the way. Uh, we ha- I I feel awful for this. I haven't touched on this once. Um, Bill Russell passed away, yeah. uh, and. His impact, and it's really crazy when you when you talk about his impact because as a player he was he was phenomenal. I mean, the dude was winning MVP awards and championships, going up against the likes of Will Chamberlain. Uh, you know, eleven titles in thirteen years. I believe he was the first African American um, head coach in the history of all of uh, major professional sports. Um, clearly, his civil rights act uh, uh, acts, his courage playing as a as a black athlete in those era in that era. Um, in a region like Boston, especially where it's no secret, there's a ton of racism there. Um, all of that. It's just, I've never heard a single bad thing about him. You could feel, you could just sense his heart, uh, from a TV screen. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's 88. It's not, you know, it's, it's old. It's not a tragic, uh, point in someone's life to, to pass away, but still, man, he was a presence and he was a tremendous human being and his impact is immeasurable. Um, so I just want to give some respect and some love to Bill Russell. Any thoughts on Bill Russell before yeah. we wrap things up here? I mean, USF Don's legend. Two NCAA right. titles with the Don's. That's right. The so, Clivens right. high own. Um, so, yeah, Bay Area guy through and through. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys. Obviously, I never had a chance to watch play live. Just seen black and white footage of highlights and stuff. But, uh, I mean, he's larger than life. I mean, the, the NBA Finals trophy is named after NBA Finals MVP trophy is named after him. And, like, obviously you knew one day he was going to have to pass on. But, like, I just never really fathomed that day because it's just like, you know, it just felt like Bill Russell persisted. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, a, a very sad day. Uh, he's – one of one. I mean, 11 yeah. titles in 13 years. And I mean, I I hesitate to bring this up because I saw it on Twitter. 
So this may or may not be true. It, I think it came from a check mark, so maybe it has a 5% better chance of it being true. Did it start with sources? No, sources it didn't said? start with sources, Cyrus. Okay. <laughs> this one person on Twitter put out that Bill Russell played in 21 do-or-die games in his career, like playoff game sevens, Olympic medal round games, NCAA tournament games, and he went 21-0. and um, He's got the clutch. He has to check that, but, like, I mean, that sounds like a crazy stat, but, like, I am willing to at least believe it without it's having to check it. It is. Because it, is, it is Bill Russell, and he is like the greatest winner in the history of sports. Incredible, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Jesus. I almost swore there. It's it's just so damn impressive what he's done. Eleven titles in thirteen years. So, also, um, I would like to say we talk about his, you know, his activism, which was obviously, you know, much needed for this country. I do also want to give him uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar a, a lot of, you know, credit not only for what they did back in the 60s and 70s, but for, like, trying to get people vaccinated in 2021. Yes! Like, Bill Russell was, like, one of the first guys. I think it was him and Kareem who, like, rolled their sleeve up and, like, tried to, like, get that message out. They were, like, two of the people that the NBA, like, uh, you know, put front and center to, like, get vaccinated. And so props to Bill for that. Oh, uh, and, and Kareem, you're right, man. Kareem was scolding LeBron for a while yeah. uh, over the issue, man. I was loving every second of that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Great call. Um, and thanks for sticking with me. We did almost a whole hour here. My apologies to Locked On. We're supposed to do 30 minutes on average. We're breaking damn near hour. But I'll say this as we wrap things up. Uh, this is the second to last show until mid-August. Uh, I'm taking next week off doing who knows what. Uh but I, I might travel to Seattle. I might go see my buddy, John Zimmerman, who's from Marin. We went to college together. He lives in Missoula, Montana. I might make a road trip out there. Um, whatever. There's, this is the time of year where I'm going to bail, right? I mean, what else? Can, you know, <laughs> there's like nothing going on right now in the NBA. Um, and you've done some great traveling, man. Like you you just got back from Phoenix for spring training with your dad. That was fun, right? I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went to some baseball games. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, next week, I'm going to Sacramento and Reno, Thunder Valley, playing some poker tournaments. Reno, mm. hit the craps tables and blackjack. Hopefully, a poker tournament there, too. Uh, I got some friends Bravo. that live up there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to kicking uh, kicking back uh, next week. And, uh, yeah, man, just uh, taking it easy. Uh, yeah, might might be doing some, some basketball stuff this weekend. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, nothing really till the end of August for me. So, yeah. All right, man. We got to grab a beer soon. I think I think this yeah. is the time. When I get back, we'll reach out. We'll we'll meet up. Um, dude, I feel, have you ever been in a fight in your life? I ask that because you're like the one of the nicest people I've ever met. I can't imagine anyone ever being mad at you. But I so which it does make me curious, man. Has as has anyone ever made you so upset that you've decided to get into a physical altercation with them? I mean, like in elementary school, yeah, there were some one-hitter quitters. Uh, <laughs> I remember picking a kid up and throwing him down. That was, nice. That was, yeah, that was fourth grade. That was not a good uh, – I immediately regretted it. I, my temper can run pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. let's see. Like the most 
I used to get kind of pissed off on, on you know playing pickup if people were just acting stupid. Yeah. Like, sometimes I would like raise to their level of idiocy and, and like just start shouting back at them. But like it would never get physical. Uh, I mean, I've seen plenty of fights on, on the court, but they never involved me physically. Just some shouting matches here and there that I got involved in. But no, I mean, definitely not as an adult, because like as an adult, you can get tried, and that doesn't sound like a good idea. Uh, high school, I think I punched one of my friends once. Oh, uh, okay. It was just kind of pissing me off. But I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, outside of that. No, I, I mean, I haven't really gotten to, like, a knock them down, drag them out fight. I'm, I'm an only child, so I didn't have siblings to fight with growing oh, up. <laughs> so, You're yeah. civilized. Look at you, though. I like that. I didn't know you had a temper, man. I, I could see it. I, oh, I respect yeah. it. Yeah, Bad like, during, uh, during, like, a, a couple of months ago, I was playing poker, and I was just pissed at how I ended this one game and lost my money. And, like, I just slammed my front door, like, hella hard. And like I had multiple neighbors, like, "Hey, you all right? What's going on?" I was, I was just, like, total dumbass. Like, oh. my bad. I was just, I was just being stupid. So uh, yeah, I I just like tried to slam the door off the hinges. I, was, I, was, I mean, it wasn't even like it was stupid. But uh, yeah, I, I get a little hot under the collar when I uh, when I lose my money in poker. Like I get kicked out when I get eliminated. In tournament, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> That, that's great basketball podcast material, right? There. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude. Well, thanks for I think you want to know a little bit about some of our personal uh, yeah. tidbits here and there. So that's good stuff, man. By the way, this Rick Barry uh, t-shirt jersey I'm wearing, you can own this. Just click on the I have link. That. Yes, yeah. I'm, I hope it's comfortable. I hope you like it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just got in the mail, and I've, I've been out of town. So I haven't put it on yet, but it did come. So thank you. Good, good, good. Love it, man. Yeah, next time you're on, if you don't mind wearing it, I'll, I'll hype it up. And, and if anyone's interested, Hall of Famer Rick Barry and I have a few clothing items as, as part of our, our new apparel company that we're, we're launched. Uh, and just go to the link on, on the top of my Twitter account, addogsurfrocho. Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, uh, his Twitter account is at kevo408. You can follow him there, and you can follow this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. Again, tomorrow, Kylan Mills joins me, and then that'll be it for about a week and a half or so. Uh, it's summer doldrums, so get out there and actually play basketball for once instead of just watching it. All those damn hot and little smoke people, what are you going to do? I love you, brother. Thanks as always for coming on. Um, yeah, we'll do this again soon, probably about two weeks or so. Sounds good, Thank Cyrus. You. Thank Take you. Take care, man.